Watch out! It's a fury of teas! I certainly don't know what that means. But I'll tell you what I do know, guys. Tea Fury is the original pop culture t-shirt destination selling unique designs every day since 2008. You can snag their shirts for only 24 hours, starting at midnight. Hey, 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 you! Missing a shirt from the past and want to get it again? Head to the T-Fury Gallery, where you can buy some old designs still in print and vote on others to come back from the dead. You know, I like to say zombie style. Every two to four weeks, T-Fury adds more designs to their gallery, so be sure to keep an eye out for the return of your favorite shirts. T-Fury shirts cover all your favorite topics and fandoms. They got everything from gaming, sci-fi, anime, TV, movies, pop culture, and more. Their T-shirts change daily, so check back as often as you'd like. Also, feel free to get a life if you're not able to uh, check in that much. I don't think anybody's going to hate you for it. Also, don't forget about the T-Fury after-hour sale. If you miss the day's shirt by only a little, they heat the sale going into the wee hours of the morning just for you check out tfury.com backslash nerdist and see what today's shirt is all about guys that is advertising hey guys welcome to episode 97 of the jv club with my guest sandy hardick uh so delighted to have had her on the podcast um i was trying to catch up with her to make it happen uh while we were up at Sketchfest and um I have to say it didn't work out because timing was just so cramped uh, during the festival. And so she very kindly came over and uh, and we did it right after I got back. So thanks to Zandy for that. I am very, very much behind indeed in shout outs. And I um, am blessed to have had a marvelous birthday with my dad in town. But uh, be- between that and doing festival post uh, accounting and all this kind of stuff um i uh i just am needing to really get caught up on a bunch of jv club stuff but i will say that uh for my birthday i got some lovely notes and so i'm just going to um do some shout outs to people that i got emails from uh for this particular podcast intro i want to thank suyuri and ronnie uh ronnie thank you so much for your great suggestions for guests uh roberto dimitri christian s amanda m Alana M, Megan C, Karen B, and uh, of course, my sweet Victoria Eden. Uh, So glad to see her at uh, the festival. And then um, dear Michelle M in New Zealand. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We certainly are lurching forward, ever forward towards our 100th episode. And um, you might think that I tried to buy a little time by skipping a week uh, last week for my birthday, but really it was just that I was so um, crazed and busy uh, during the festival and then... And with my father in town, I just I couldn't get an episode out. It's the first time I've ever skipped one that wasn't really like a holiday that other Nerdist podcasts were taking off. I got to tell you, I felt very strange about it. Um, and I didn't like it too much. So I don't know what that says about me, but uh, I certainly love uh, you guys caring and uh, listening to the podcast. Whew. All right. Uh, let's get into it with a delightful Zandy Hardick. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Now entering... Nerdist.com This is what it feels like to be doing your first podcast. Oh my God. Can you take it? I don't know if I can. Well, we can you might always have to bail in the middle. wipe me off the floor. 
Pretty soon we'll have the balloon drop. That okay. happens oh, about an hour that's what in. Happens on yeah, this podcasts? is a five hour podcast, about oh. an hour in balloon drop. Okay. Two hours in, uh, ponies, prance Ponies. In. Can't ride them, but they do a little oh. prancy prance in front of you. Wonderful. Poop, Poop. leave. You have to sit with the poop smell for an hour. Then, but I it's don't manure, mind horse right? Poop. Yeah, it's I don't different. Mind it's horse different. Poop. Yeah. And then an hour later, a clown comes in, oh, and that, like a rodeo that, clown. That is that I don't like. Yeah, that's but the he one part I don't. Like. He won't fuck with you. He's just there to clean up the cow. Oh, I mean the, then he's the pony manure. Clown. Yeah, he's just he'll clown. do a little bit where maybe he falls into a face first. Listen, he's very committed. I to will his, laugh even his, if I don't find it funny just to make him feel good. He does also have a single teardrop, but he didn't kill anyone. He's an old. He's just an old school sad clown. No, Zandy, I'm so excited. You just said, uh, guys, so, uh, so you know, this is Zandy's first podcast. She just announced that to me right before well, I started I've recording. I've listened that. to podcasts. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, yeah. Never, <laughs> never done one before. Well, I'm like, I'm worried like. I'm like going to be one of those people who starts talking about themselves and then really loves talking about themselves. <laughs> so, so, so you're going to be, so I brought you onto a podcast to talk about yourself, but you're going to hold back in fear. No, that you no, no, I won't, but I'm just worried that I'm going to be like in love with <laughs> hearing the words coming out. I'm just worried. Yeah. I'm worried you're opening a Pandora's oh, box. I'm is basically so excited. I'm about- <laughs> this is very exciting. Well. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, That's we'll definitely hope. see. That's oh, we'll definitely see. <laughs> now I'm just being threatening for no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. Um, well, I uh, just to recap, guys, for uh, I don't know who cares, but I was excited about doing this podcast episode when we were up at Sketchfest because I think I always think of you and David Wayne, your husband, as being in New York. Um, and, That's the way I think too, right? And and you've been, <laughs> and now you're in LA, and I think same with Show Walter in black too sometimes i just can't i i just think of you as always new york and i, I feel like the only opportunity i have to see you is if i'm at sketch as if you're at sketch well, but that's not even true anymore it's always lovely seeing you up there it's might i say having you whether up there. we're in new york or la thank you very much how are you so how long have you been in like fully settled in la uh, I don't think I'll ever be fully yeah, settled Yeah, fair enough. Here. I feel um, that way too. Uh, we came out in late August. So okay. Not, was not that around early. the same time that Showalter did? I feel like I ran into he him and came, had no idea. He, he, um, he maybe came a couple of months before we did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how... He was the trailblazer. How are you feeling? I'm wiggling my shoulders. Like, how is it, how's it all um, feeling? Not to be... Um, I, I, I have a hard time talking about this because I... Um, I don't want to make people who fe- who like LA uh, feel bad right. or defensive. Um, perhaps I will like it more. <laughs> it is n- not ideal for me. Yeah, I would say it's so different. It's just so different. It's, than it's New York. hard. It's hard to compare, and there's almost no point to compare. I think that's probably true. Yeah, but I grew up in New York City, so this is this is really really yeah. culture shock. Not that I haven't been out here before, but yeah. just the idea of not being able to go back is hard. <sighs> yeah, for a New York City kid. Yeah, really hard for New York City. Yeah, because so many people I know that end up eventually moving to LA were. You know, they were from Denver and then they lived in New York for 10 years and now they're mm. in L.A. or that, you know, they weren't born and raised. Let's just say if you're brought up in Cleveland, it, I could see how L.A. would be. <laughs> uh, uh, the thought of L.A. could be could yeah. be more more exciting. Perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let, let me let me turn to the positive about 
your life Cleveland in Los is Angeles. just what an you- example. <laughs> and by the way, some people love Cleveland too. I mean, you listen. know what? Cleveland's motto sh- should be "It's much, much better than you think." <laughs> Because it really is that. actually very nice. The winters yeah. are brutal, but it is actually... Uh, yeah, why did it get such a bad rap to begin with? I just... Maybe the word is kind of funny. So it's like... <laughs> it's like a, a co-word. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's the butt of people's jokes, and it's actually quite a lovely town. I with very there. smart, uh, interesting people. The weather in the winter is brutal and so how is it brutal in comparison to something because i think the weather in new york is being fairly brutal well i i mean i think it is this year um and maybe for many many (laughs) forever (laughs) um but uh, the thing with it if this is interesting at all it's got a thing called lake effect which only happens in in like i think seven or ten places does that happen in chicago too like like michigan kind of stuff i believe so and also in japan certain parts of japan where the weather is just completely temperamental and it can be sunny one second and like sleeting the next and it just seems to just get the crappiest weather imaginable in yeah. the in the winter the summer is lovely gorgeous cleveland in the summer what took you to cleveland uh my husband is from there well there you go <laughs> so i go there there you go <laughs> a well, few times a year yeah okay that's really and funny. i also did a play there before we were married okay and uh which was a um a nice experience but it it, it really they, it has a lot to offer not that this is like you know i sound like i'm you're doing a commercial yeah work exactly no but it's funny because um i think my one of my last guests maria but Thayer everybody leaves like, and goes someplace else yeah but then you maybe get to have the fondness about it that oh david you, is you so to, nostalgic yeah. yeah like so nostalgic i think people are really proud to be yeah but i was like thinking about the show hot in cleveland and stuff as if that's a that's takes place in cleveland but it's also right. the, the joke being like for Cleveland, Cleveland, you guys are great looking. I mean, there's worse, you know, there's worse places to live. I yeah, would definitely. Oh my gosh, say it that. seems like there's way worse places oh, yeah, to yeah, live. Yeah. And you're in, you're you're an hour's flight from New York City. It's pretty great. I mean, there's so many places. So sad that I think of everything <laughs> as being like how far away from well, New York you City. You love your hometown. You love I your do. hometown. I so do. where were you? Grew, do you grow up in the city proper? Yeah, I did. Oh wow, I grew up on the Upper West Side. Okay, and so. Um, did you have that sort of Woody Allen-esque romance with the city from when you were young? Or did you always just think That's of it? That's a very delicate subject right now. <laughs> Woody Allen and romance. Ah, is no. very, <laughs> Let me get to what I'm really saying. Did you uh, or no, did you I, not? No. Yeah, well, in fact, um, my, uh, y- yes, my father uh, actually was a contemporary of Woody Allen's and wrote oh, with him wow. sometimes. Oh, my gosh. He was a... Boy, um, I really don't ever do my homework. It no, leaves a lot well, there's of surprises. No, how would you... How, how would you... I don't even think it's anywhere, you know, anywhere. But um, he, my father was a comedic writer. Okay. And did sketch comedy. So what was your dad's name? His name was Herb Hartig. Herb Hartig. And he was a also wonderful a New York comedian name. Oh, boy. And... Um, and he and Woody Allen were contemporaries, and uh, it's um, Sid Caesar just passed, and my father actually wrote a little bit for Sid Caesar. Yeah, that's a real like uh, legacy kind of world that Sid Caesar show and that that sort of whole era. It in was New York. he was like one of those um, um, Brooklyn boys made good. Yeah, like he it, like. Pretty much from when he was born, his impetus was to get out of Brooklyn and move to Manhattan where the real action was. Yay! 
<laughs> wow, yeah, this that. is a film. I mean, this is what you're describing as a film. He had, it was a very, what you would think, it was kind of a Woody Allen, Upper West Side existence, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but so, okay, so yeah, I mean, listen, I we could talk about Woody Allen until the cows come home, although mm. I don't know. I don't to, think but. anybody, you know, my opinion on this on this subject is personal and uh it doesn't add to the yeah to to the to clarifying the whole situation understood so i don't think i should comment understood we need we needn't really discuss it anyway i mean i don't necessarily talk about current events at yeah. all uh anyway oh, but right, since, I, since I accidentally brought it up yeah but i do like the idea of things being time like i like the idea of these episodes being a little more timeless mm-hmm. than that um the only thing i will say about it which is has nothing to do with guilt or innocence is just that um, I just can't, I cannot imagine being tried in the court of public opinion. Oh, I, I just can't I have imagine a, it. I have a serious, it's so crazy I have to a me. Serious, serious problem with that. I also have a serious problem with, with you know, if a girl is trying to tell the truth and nobody hears her. I have a serious problem sure. with that. But the problem is, is that you can have all the strong feelings in the world you want. We don't know. Yeah, and that's the real problem. Yes, I don't. Well, anyway, yeah. that's no, no, all. No, no. That's I all I want to say I about it. I agree. I, does it trick, it's, it's so very tricky. upsetting. It's let's so just... tricky. I completely agree with you on all counts. Um, but so yeah. But so let's get back to you. Oh, okay. uh, so so it's probably more interesting is, to talk. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> well, so no, it's been that can thing and get hashed out all oh over everywhere. We don't have to do it, it here. It already is. Uh, you know what I mean? But yes. um, but like in terms of that sort of. I'm just always interested in, you know, my f- friends of mine who've had these kind of these these upbringings that are either very different and, and unique or that have um, upbringings that could potentially be like ascribed to, you know, a certain sensibility, like what I'm saying about you, like, oh, you know, here you are. I, I bring this up without even knowing about your dad's career and stuff. But do you have... As a child, is normal just normal to us? Or do any of us ever have the sort of outside perspective where we sort of see the life we're having with a kind of lens on well, it? Like, oh, I, I see, I, I I actually, see Ma- the movie Manhattan and I can relate to that as a child. Like, were you... you I had I mean? both experiences where I didn't know how other people lived, but I had a feeling that this was weird. Yeah. The way that I was growing up. Yeah. And part of that was because I lived... I lived on the Upper West Side, which was like the bastion of liberalism and what you were describing, like kind of, uh, you know, a kind of Woody Allen, like Hannah and her sisters kind yeah. of life. People That's, sitting in a, in, a, in a comfy den with lots of books and arguing. About, yeah, yeah. And making jokes and yeah. getting mad at each other and then laughing and then, you know, very kind of intellectual, uh, humor based, you know, of, I would say, uh, heavily like borscht belt humor in- sure. influenced. Um, uh, but then I went to school on the Upper East Side, which is almost a completely different world. Yeah. And so, uh, I sort of, um, and then I had to fit into that also. So it made me realize, like, uh, I felt like a, a, a perpetual outsider who mm. was like passing for this Upper East Side yeah. kid. And so I think I had a kind of watchful take on everything. And I was like, oh, this just seems weird. Yeah. I just don't think people live like this. But I had nothing to 
really compare it to until I went away to college. And I'm like, yes, it was weird. It was. I was right about that. It's so weird. Not unpleasant, you know, all the time, but very weird. Yeah. Wait, were you... Am I just imagining this again? Did not do homework. Do not do homework, especially yeah, that, with people I consider friends. But were you in a Whit Stillman movie or two, or do you no, just no, no, that because was, you might as well have been uh, based well, on everything no, you just said? Um, like, in, you I have so great. I one. have an acquaintance, Isabel Gillies, who was in a Whit Stillman movie, uh-huh. but th- that is the subject of Cosmopolitan, and that was that that boy that was kind of my life. Yeah, because he lived on I, the Upper West I'm Side, and was sure. kind of like somewhat embarrassed of that he didn't, and he's trying to fit into yeah. this world. And yeah. that, I I hope I handled it a little better than he did. <laughs> right. But but yes, that was very much my life. That's so interesting. So what what was your familial structure like in this in this cozy den with books and people arguing? I wasn't and joking? cozy. Let's not. <laughs> it just looked cozy. <laughs> Um, my so my dad was a, a comedy writer, and he actually uh, like was on the nightclub circuit along the same time as uh, uh, Nichols and May and Stiller and Mira. Love it. And he did a nightclub act. This is before I was born. He did a nightclub act with Paul Mazursky. Okay, sure. And then uh, my father was a, a very very smart man who um, maybe took too much stock in his intelligence. And um, uh, wanted to be the boss. And Paul Mazursky reasonably came up to him and said, you know, I think I'd like to try writing some of this material instead of just, just you know, performing it. Right. And my father said, I'm the writer, you're the performer, and that's where it ends. So Paul Mazursky said, I, I think I'm going to go off to Hollywood and be very, very, very successful. <laughs> which is what he did. And then my father decided he didn't want to work with a man anymore because men gave him trouble so he was going to work with a woman and he advertised and my mom answered he advertised Mm -hmm. for a you know a comedy duo with a woman because he thought they would be more um compliant so it was like in the paper like she would open up the paper like backstage i don't know and maybe it wasn't backstage but whatever it was i mean of course you would i I mean of course that's what you would do whatever backstage was then maybe it was backstage maybe it was so my mom answered the ad and then they did this they did this nightclub act about you know social mores and relationships and it's all extremely dated now but it was like very current then sure sure and um they work the same circuit as stiller and mira and blah, blah, blah. and do you have brothers and sisters i have one sister a younger okay. sister okay but they're you know then she gave up acting when when she had me um and he went into uh voiceovers um while also writing and stuff but voiceovers was how he made his living and so then that's my funny because carrie kinney too oh they yeah uh, her father and my father were friends oh, that's so i mean cool. you know rival friends they right. were yeah we would uh he'd take me to like auditions and um um he had a very low voice like he did orson wells uh when people wanted to hire orson wells but didn't want the um the difficulties right, right. <laughs> the problems right so uh but so he had a very deep voice and i believe carrie's father also has a deep voice and they would like see each other in audition rooms and go hello herb hello <laughs> steve you know like out try to outlow each other and oh that's so funny it was a very small group of people who did voiceovers yeah 
but they did all of them, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think it, I mean, I almost want to say it's still like that a little bit. There's, it's yeah. a very cloistered world somehow. Totally. In terms but of like, but yeah. things used to run longer so you could mm-hmm. actually make quite a bit of money yeah. doing this with just a few um, commercials airing. Yeah. So. so did you, okay. So did you, um, so growing up in that world, mm-hmm. did you feel the pull to perform and feel like this is kind of in my blood or did they I didn't kind really of advise think against about it? it? You didn't. I didn't think about it until things started to get tough. I yeah. just was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. So it really was like, and they supported it. They weren't like, don't do, don't do what we did. They, uh, my mom is uh, my mom is a little bit like oh, okay. <laughs> if you want, don't want to make money, okay. <laughs> right. um, my father, I think he was just happy that I was doing exactly what he did. I, he liked me being a reflection of him, so sure, I think sure. that 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 work that that wasn't like you know uh, um, a discordant kind of yeah. thing. For him. And did you, and have you lost your dad since? Or is yeah, still, I, yeah, my dad passed away a long time ago. Oh, how long ago? Um, Nineteen ninety one. Oh, wow. So you were pretty young, huh? I was, well, I don't want to tell exactly how old no, yeah, just <laughs> yes, I was. I mean, I don't know. I was, younger, I was like very recently out of college. Yeah, yeah. And what, was he, do you mind if I ask, was he ill or was it sudden? Was He uh, was ill. He was a hypochondriac. He really was a little like Woody Allen, to be honest with you. I, um, well, I think Woody Allen is a product of his environment. Well, I mean, in he terms grew of up in the same so much, neighborhood as my father yeah. did. And he went to the same college. I, I think they went to Brooklyn College, yeah. both of them. And it's the hypochondria. You never really knew where the sick began and the hype or the hypochondria ended and the sickness began it was yeah. very nebulous everything was hurting at all times you know and um but he was genuinely sick for but he, he'd have he has di- he had diabetes and then he'd like give himself an injection and then eat a donut and he'd say like this is why i haven't have the the insulin so that i can eat the way i want to eat i'm right. like yeah, i don't think it works that way actually <laughs> really don't think so it's not really nah, yeah so yeah he w- he was he was sick but it wasn't a total surprise yeah. that it happened either did your mom remarry did she no she didn't remarry but she um she did date someone for a really long time mm-hmm. after but as you know after he died i think probably like about Five years after he died. Sorry to nose into your parents' business. Oh, that's a. <laughs> I know they won't listen to. That. I know for sure one of them no, won't I be am, listening to no, the podcast. I am going to. Well, listen, you have no idea how far this reaches. It reaches I'm, way I am. You've got tentacles out. in, in yeah. into the other at the Bridgehampton Library I mean, where I'm, my mom works. Yeah, yeah. And, and also my number one listenership, Spirit World. Spirit, spirit World. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. If you need to know whether oh, heaven Lord. exists, I can tell you right now. Certainly, the Spirit World does. Okay. Um. In fact, we're going to contact your father right now okay there's just a lot really? of rolling this surprises so, this is very surprising yeah yeah indeed um okay so you knew from a pretty i mean you said you just kind of always assumed that you do it is that uh did it was you a have, relief yeah to do it yeah honestly. oh interesting it wasn't In um well my my the, my high school my i went to the same place from first grade through 12th grade and um, and that's on the Upper East Side. It's on the Upper All East girls. Side. They don't really groom people for acting. Yeah. Let's just say. Although a couple of actresses have graduated from there. But it's not really what's expected of you. What's so, the vibe like? Um, you know, I think it's changed a lot since I went there. But, uh, for example, when we left every day, we would um, curtsy 
to our oh, teachers. Oh, well. Which is really why my father wanted me to go there because he found it charming and very, <laughs> very un-Brooklyn. <laughs> um, yeah. We have uniforms. We um, weren't allowed to wear patched jeans. Um, uh, let's see. There were so many things we weren't allowed to do. It's hard to even name them. But were you a good kid or did you balk against those? No, I was a pretty good kid. Yeah. I was a little sly. Were you? Yeah, but I wasn't like, well, you had to be. Yeah. You had to be. Everybody had to be perfect. That was like kind of one of my, one of my problems with the place. Yeah. They just didn't have any room for quirky, quirkiness. But I think that it's changed a lot because the headmistress now is more, uh, seems more like a, I don't know, she seems more with the times and uh, she's a very intelligent funny person from what I can tell from yeah. what little contact I've had but no it was it's very waspy I mean it's really waspy and I'm Jewish so <laughs> I had to keep the Jewish part of me under wraps were there other but there must have been other Jewish girls sure there. but we were all doing our best impressions of um being a, yeah being a Protestant what um were those the friends that you gravitated towards or did you end up with a group of mixed, like, like, who, you know, who, who, who I actually ran away from my, oh. the school I went to was called Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for a little while, like in college, I kind of ran away from them. And the nice thing is that as we've gotten older, I realized that they are really nice people and we don't do exactly the same things but real you can appreciate people for the people they are and we i really had a nice class and i can um when i get together now it feels very very comfortable and nice because we're past trying to put on airs and pretending to be somebody that we're not yeah and that is really nice yeah and they we have a history you know even if we did, took really different paths, we were together for some of us for twelve years. You yeah, know, that's you share pretty amazing. And if it's a small world, you really are. That does kind yeah. of become like family in the sense that you, whether or not you love someone in the way that you would love a, f- a friend that you just choose to you right. know, have a daily contact with, you still kind of it is. There's an, a very specific intimacy to being known in that way. I think that's got to be nice to kind of carry away with you if it, if it stays positive, you know, if it is positive, which it sounds like it is. Uh, yeah. It's like a continuum. Yeah. And you feel like there's some kind of pattern to things, which is very comforting. Yeah. And also, you know, I just was so resentful of the school for such a long time, but these kids have nothing to do or women have nothing to do with the school. They're women, you know, so I can separate them from the school now and see them for who they are, which is really a nice group of women did you have a feeling of i mean when you say you resented the school was it something that you that you felt on a very regular basis like did you have a feeling of dread going to school like oh my god well not no i i have to say through fifth grade it was a wonderful wonderful school and a great place for little girls because they were really nurturing um they had really high standards you absolutely learned things but you enjoyed learning and it was warm and they had a great art program it was I think the first school to have a computer lab. Oh wow! So everyone came to they they were they, that they had, we had a wonderful headmaster when I was little, and he was really forward thinking, and um, it was an absolutely wonderful place. It it like they like uh, I I like to paint and draw, and they really really encouraged that, and sent a note to my parents saying, I don't know if you know this, but your child has an aptitude in this area. You should you know maybe think about like 
you know, encouraging her. It was really great. And then it changed character in sixth grade to a college factory, which I didn't understand until I got out of there that like, that's how they get people to come in thinking that this is a direct pipeline to Harvard and Brown Mm -hmm. and Yale. Mm -hmm. So it's in their best interest to get those kids in there so they can say, oh, we have five people at Harvard or three people at Harvard, let's say. Um, So then all my friends became my competitors Hmm. and they kind of fostered that atmosphere Mm. and they also pegged you as being a certain type of person. And once you got on that track, it was very hard to get off that track. And how were you pegged? Um, uh, quiet, shy, hardworking, diligent, um, good girl. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, sure (laughs) If you do anything wrong, you're not a good girl anymore. Yeah. It's too, it's too much. God, that's hard. It's like, it's hard enough when, if you have, if you're somebody who grows up with a familial relationship where you look, you know, that you're your father or your mother, kind of places those expectations on you but when you're in a whole community of people where it's like the umbrella places that on you well for example i was powerful. third in the class there were six people who were third in the class yeah i was terrible at math but i was considered to be a good student so i got put in the top math class and i would <sighs> literally um have uh, a paralyzing stomach cramps before the class and have oh, to go God. to the nurse's office and lie down. I'd have like panic attacks. Yeah. And I kept on saying to them, please put me in the, they, we, they actually called it this, the dummy math class. Please oh, put Lord. me in the dummy class, please. Oh, my God. They're like, you can do it. You're a good student. I'm like, I'm telling you, I cannot. They're like, just ask questions. I'm like, my question would be like, go over the first thing you said the first day of the first semester <laughs> and go slowly that I don't, you have to have a certain amount of information to ask a question. Not like I don't understand anything. Right. So finally, after having like a little mini nervous breakdown, they're like, okay. And I got put in the dummy class. I was so happy. I mean, do I need to know like logarithms? Yeah. I gotta do say, I, really I just need feel to like know I would that in my life. Yeah. No. And I think if anything to me, that would just fall. I mean, you hear about that too. And to me, it just fosters like my instant solution is like, well, if I'm going to have to work hard, but it's something I literally don't understand, I'm mm. just going to work really hard at cheating well. Like that's probably what I would I do. You know what I mean? If I was stuck. To, I, ha- I understand having to work at something and get better at it. Like, but, but, but to have the expectation that you're not allowed to fail is not fair because, Agreed. because you learn a lot by failing. Agreed. And two... It should also be, I mean, we're, we're also talking about like, that's what's tricky about schools. And I mean, you know, I could talk about the educational system mm. till the cows come home and probably not come up with any good solutions other than that. I just feel so dissatisfied by where we are with it as a country, as many where of us did, do. You, you went to public school? I, yeah, I just went to public schools mm-hmm. and, um, and I graduated second in my class and I never felt any pressure about it at all. I didn't even know I was going where are to, you from? from Tucson, Arizona. Oh. And I didn't even know my parents were both public school teachers. Well, my mom was a private school teacher, but before that she had been public school Mm -hmm. but my dad was and um and i never felt that i never felt academic pressure in part because you know i we share i went to a public school that shared a campus with a a college prep public school and so i took a lot of those classes and vice versa you know and they they came over and so we and we shared arts classes and stuff but um I, i just never felt the 
pressure and I, I honestly didn't even know that I was graduating second until like right before I was and then I was like oh that's a thing they were like you're salutatorian I said I've literally never heard that word I, what before. is that word I don't know what that means yeah. so it just but I just it, don't think it I, I I don't think it has to be this way even in a private school I just don't ever see that you have to not love learning I mean I, when I went to college it was like a total revelation to me that I could be a good student and enjoy what I was doing Yeah, and have a good time. Like it's just have a really good time. That and I was mature yeah. enough to handle my social and my, my, uh, my academic demands. Yeah. But also New York, I mean, I grew up in New York in the eighties and I almost feel sorry for people who didn't grow up <laughs> in New York in the eighties. Cause socially it was a lot of fun. I bet. It so was yeah. So what was fun. your social life like when you, before college, when you were in high school, well, what was your I, social life outside of being the quiet, shy, you know, you're supposed I, I, to be, when I things. show you the pictures of myself in sixth grade, you'll understand why I had such a good time after I got contact lenses in eighth grade, because I, I am, will always be a complete and utter nerd, but it did not help that I had like inch thick glasses and long hair that my father wouldn't let me cut like super long hair. (laughs) It was totally embarrassing and my life and the way people perceived me completely changed when I got contact lenses and had the balls to cut my hair yeah despite what my father you know said it just it was like night and day and it's still hard for me to it the, I don't know just the way I was perceived was it with just those two adjustments was kind of crazy and then nightlife was so extreme you know I mean like I went to clubs did you go to clubs even like when as like a 14, 15, 16 year old? I or? probably didn't go. I didn't go. Like what was your what was your Well, I'll tell you my that? first club experience, yeah. which is I had a boyfriend who um had a um um I don't, I don't think I should even say it, it was a a prominent person huh. in that society okay. who was pretending to be straight but was gay, uh-huh. mm-hmm. married pretending to be straight but right. was gay and we went on his pass to limelight and it happened to be gay night but i didn't know that and so and wait this person was the person you were dating was gay or the person no 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 was the person i was dating was, was not gay yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was friends with this oh gotcha 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 man gotcha. who was gay gotcha. and we went on this guy's pass gotcha and it was that we were like probably one of the few straight couples in there. And I'm like, is this what clubs are like? <laughs> oh my God. And I was terrified and so exhilarated. Sure. And it was so different from my school. I mean, it was like literally night and day. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally. And then area, there's this club that was uh, um, just the best club I've ever been to in my life. It would, it would change themes uh-huh. every few months. And, um, so they had like picture windows, like, like stores uh-huh. and they would do like dioramas. Oh, God, and they would I'm have, in. Uh, it, Everyone they knows would that's have a magic word for me. 
And then they would sometimes change it up and have real people in there too. And you had to sit and like look and see if the people moved to see if they were real people or mannequins. And one time there was this mannequin of Andy Warhol. The theme was death and destruction. And there was this mannequin of Andy Warhol. And I'm like, oh my God, that looks so much like like Andy Warhol. And then I looked and it moved. And it was Andy <gasps> Warhol. Oh my God, you must have gotten such a kick out oh, of me. I mean, That's you know, like even at the time I was like, Andy this Warhol. is something special. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is crazy. And it wasn't oh, that like is velvet rope what like experience. it is now. Yeah. It's like everybody in it together. If yeah. you got inside, you got inside. It was like, it was, it, they played great music. The atmosphere was so great. It was like a little bit dangerous, but they had co-ed bathrooms. I'd never mm-hmm, seen that before. Mm-hmm. It was just and you really... were still in high school for sure. Oh yeah, but they weren't. So they didn't. Cool. They didn't. Yeah, I didn't even have a fake ID. Yeah, they just didn't. If you were a girl and you were decent looking, you got in yeah. places. You know, you I didn't always say. Like, I mean, I did a lot. I was sucking your thumb, or right. sometimes even if you, you <laughs> even were, if you were, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't suck my thumb. Well, I always say that. Like, I do. I mean, maybe I don't always say this, but I do feel like I'm. Ugh, it's tough because I don't want because I do have some young listeners and I don't want to encourage them necessarily to make bad choices as young people because I mm. I, I I definitely took risks that I wouldn't ne- I would right. never advise anyone to take. On the flip side of which that, which they're going to do, which anyway. they're going to do anyway. So yeah, I mean that's the thing is that like yeah, just you're not you're not going to listen Take to my risks, podcast and make but it be decision. smart about it exactly. Be smart about it. yeah. You know I be smart I never even though I was in that kind of seen I never did cocaine I've never done cocaine and the way I got out of it <laughs> which is so instead of being cool and saying I don't do it thank you very much right. I would I didn't think that sounded good so I would say like oh if people offered oh I've done too much already I love it that's a great excuse and they I were like everyone's like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they're high what are they gonna oh, know yeah, yeah no totally yeah. they were like completely blitzed so smart. they were like sure she's she's totally super wired super right smart now. super smart I just didn't yeah the you weren't feeling well that's but so that's kind of is like i drank that's what i did yeah i didn't do drugs but i think also i don't know i guess i i guess i feel like now or even god even in my 20s i just didn't have the energy for the for the clubs and for the crazy and all that like it was kind of like i did it when i when i had the energy to do it and i had the desire to do it and then i was done it, it it was like um going to a piece of theater though Oh yeah, what you're describing sounds like I, I might mean, still I didn't be do into it a it lot. It like I didn't that. do yeah. it every week, and I know people who did, and were so blasé about it. And I'm like, how can you be blasé about this? This is crazy. Right? Like, this is nuts. You're seeing Andy <laughs> Warhol. How can you be blasé yeah. about this? Yeah. Nobody gets to see this. This is cool. That's cool. So you did have that perspective. You did. Well, have I that didn't go that much. Sort of awareness. But yeah. My sister was like a, a bad girl, so mm. my parents kind of focused all their attention on trying to keep her in the house, and so. So I got like, they yeah. thought I was, since I was the good girl, I didn't have trust a curfew you. and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't really do anything that stupid. I have to say. What were the boys like that you got, that you dated in high school? Were they Well, bad my boys father didn't they... want me to go out with anyone who wasn't Jewish. So I pretty much exclusively went out with, um, with non-Jewish guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was the non-Jew that many Jewish boys went out with of for the same reason. Of course you are. Are you yeah. kidding? Oh my God. Yeah. You're like, Shiksa. that's what they dream about. Yeah. So many parents From did not like me. Philip Some of them Roth did. Some on... were okay, but yeah. Oh was, my gosh. Uh, yeah. It was hilarious. 
Uh, Couldn't have been treated worse by by some of my boyfriend's parents. Oh, by your boyfriend's parents? Yeah, just in terms of oh, like... Oh, I'm sure they weren't happy. Yeah, like when you meet them, they just look at you like as if you've done something personally to them. And I was, oh, sure. I wanted to be Jewish, so I always was like... It, I, it was just such a blow to me every time somebody was like dismissive. It has dismissive. nothing to I do with you. So it's your image of... It's yeah. your, your image. Yeah. There's a great um, play called Sight Unseen. I don't know it. Oh my God, you... It, it's a great play, um, and it's um, it, there. It's like a relationship going backwards, kind of. Uh huh. And um, it's a, a non-Jewish woman who uh, who is in a relationship with a Jewish artist. That's just one of the themes. But uh, it, it, the last scene is like the first time they met, and she's he's an art student, and she's the model, and she's like you know, she's, she just is so attracted to him and he's so attracted to her, but he's terrified. And she's like, what is the big deal? It's just like a kiss, you know? And he's like, you don't understand. You, you represent danger for me. She's like me, like I'm scared of everything. How can I represent danger for you? He's like, you're the outside, you're the unknown. You're like, you know, you have to understand my culture. My culture is like, should I go out to get food? I don't know. It's kind of dark. It's kind of cold. <laughs> it might take longer than I expect. You know what? Never mind. Let's just stay home. And she's like, that's the weirdest thing I ever heard. But that's like what you probably represented to them. Interesting. God, that's so interesting. Well, did you? And so, okay. So your dad was, because it's hard to know sometimes about, I was always interested my in. My dad, by the way, my dad, my mom is Irish, English, Catholic. So my dad had oh! zero to to yeah. yeah he was a total how did your hypocrite. mom feel about dating did she sort of was she did she step back and like kind of listen to your dad sort of make what he wanted to be the case or was she like i think my mom had enough thing. stuff going on that she wasn't she she didn't she she liked my boyfriends better than i did i think oh, okay whenever right. like they would break up she's like oh well you know he's a very charming <laughs> i'm like can you have my back please he's oh, like no. totally horrible oh, no. <laughs> oh he's uh, a charmer that one yeah did you have a bat mitzvah no okay my father so, said this is interesting because yeah i suddenly yeah. imagine based well, on that what would you mean said, you'd that... have to spend money too oh, i see so, i no. see no i mean we, we had terrible jewish education really my my education was don't don't date anyone who's not so funny i really thought i had just cracked open the tip of like oh you really were like in that in a world that we can talk about a little bit it's so funny that that was where he drew the line shixes too yeah woody allen loves shixes yeah oh for sure it's uh yeah it's like dipping your toe in in something dangerous who were the so what were the guys like okay so they weren't jewish we know that no i i did go i went out with one jewish guy I think, yeah. One but Jewish great. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, wh- where were you meeting these guys? But they were like equally non-Jewish, right. like me. I yeah. mean, they were Jewish in, in name only. Yeah. Were they like, um, how did you, I, 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 I always ask this stupid total, question total because I'm like, team. I met my boy, the guy, guys at school. That's not even true. But I'm like, <laughs> okay, wait, Janet, just because you went to an all girls school, I've done this to guests before. Like, no, for sure you still have interactions with guys, okay, Janet. So they it's were not like, like you're at a private school far away. This, this, my school had a reputation for having pretty blondes. So. Yeah, I feel like I I know that, and I know zero about Spence. It's like you know, well, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow would be your your. Did your she ideal. go to Spence? Yeah, she did. She was she's yeah. younger than I am, and she's but she's more waspy. 
she's no, she's, she's half Jewish too. Oh, she is. Yeah, I her dad is Bruce Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but she's uh, yeah, but she's like the ideal. That's yeah. like what they you know. And there would generally be like a group of Buckley guys. This is a school nearby, or okay. uh, Alan Stevenson. There'd be just like a group of guys hanging outside the school waiting for the <laughs> girls to get out. And then there was a place called The Stoop, which was like a block and a half away. And it's where you sat on the steps and smoked. I mean, yeah. It was, uh, and um, I don't, I don't know, you know, you like kind of like walked home with somebody and then you ended up, he was your boyfriend. Yeah. It was so strange. Or you'd go to like someone's birthday party and you'd play like three minutes in the closet and then sure. that person was your boyfriend. Well, so I don't really know how it happened. I was totally intimidated by the whole thing. I mean, I really, I have to show you this picture of myself. Like I, I, I went from being nobody you would touch with a 10 foot pole to like, uh, who's that one? And it was bewildering to me. Yeah. Don't you think it's good that you had that first experience to sort I of I recommend being every, a dork right? to everybody. In fact, yeah. Like I have a a friend, a guy friend who's like super, super handsome, but he was like so, went through such an awkward stage in high school. And the reason he's so sweet is because he still thinks of himself as that awkward, awkward boy. I agree. I feel like you can... I highly endorse having a really rough adolescence because <laughs> it makes you into a better person and you have nowhere to go I, but I up. I agree. That's exactly how I feel. If you uh, peak in high school, it's just never a good thing. I know. I completely and totally agree. Did you have your heart broken? Oh my gosh. So many times. I was, I'm like way overly sensitive. Yeah. Way overly sensitive. I'm really romantic too. It's something I've tried to like tamp down a lot because it just does nothing but get me into trouble (laughs) but yeah yeah no and I also I was like a virgin until my last day of high school and I like treasured that about myself but like was so very you know passionate also so it was like so hard I was like I I think I was my own worst enemy to be honest with you because I was like there's this image of me that I have to maintain and I think I was the like the the uh key master of that mm-hmm. of that image and mm-hmm. i thought that if i didn't have that image then i wouldn't be me yeah that's so interesting especially this idea i mean because i do I, it is easy to see this kind of this sort of flat surface of um the expectation that's placed on you by your school and that environment as being like this good student and this well behaved, it makes you sound very calm and sort of like consistent. I think people think I yet, am calm. And yet, you know, especially that age, like who's calm at that age? Even the most calmest person is like a turmoil. But inside. I was very watchful because I was trying to learn how I should. My, my home life was so completely different from my school life. And I, was trying to learn how to operate within that kind of waspy framework. So I literally had like the preppy handbook and did not find it ironic in the least. Like I was like, okay, page six. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I was like just very quiet and watchful. Interesting. And just seeing how people, and, and because I didn't have the money that some of my friends had to buy the clothes that they had, I kind of, that's, that's when I sort of, like got into vintage clothing because I could, you know, look good 
for or look okay i mean not if you saw the outfits i wore they're not they're very <laughs> 80s but um Let me do. like i could like you know improvise and get an outfit that would like pass as expensive when it wasn't sure. expensive and i actually really really appreciate that because i think i i, I had to develop style because i had to like find a way around this like molly ringwald and pretty in pink uh, yes, yeah, but sort she of. got to be like the coo- but she was known as like the kooky one, opposed to sort I wasn't of finding, the kooky. A, yeah, I was as opposed to finding a way one. to kind of still fit in, right. and be you know doing that kind of stuff. Did you have a sense to? Uh, I mean, it's so easy to keep kind of rubber banding or boomeranging back to the the very beginning of this conversation, which was like what makes Los Angeles tricky for you because of your whole experience. I feel of like life. I'm going through that thing again where I'm just being watchful. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's like it's hard to um have to i have a, a, a now that i'm older i've developed quite a sharp tongue and i can not be sarcastic but like maybe a little smart alecky and i also have this like really ridiculous sense of justice in things and it doesn't jibe too well with the way some people act out here yeah. so i but i have to hold my tongue all the time because you can't like you can't call people out on stuff all the time and expect to work. I know. <laughs> you really can't. Welcome to why I started the podcast. I know. <laughs> it really is this sort of I know. round two of that kind of like navigating, you know, through. Just why I have to watch what I say all the time, even though, you know, some people definitely deserve to be called out on bad behavior. Yeah, I have to say It's I also wish. not just me. I have to worry about my husband's reputation. Like, he doesn't really want a wife who badmouths everybody. <laughs> like, not. that sucks, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's so tricky. It's tricky because you really want to believe... That whole the whole idea of like a code of justice and this business is really I totally tricky. believe I believe that with friendships and with that's friendships why I'm sure, so yeah. lucky to have the friends that I have. But I have to like you know know when to say something and know when not to say something. Well, you just want to believe that this is a world, and guys, you know, we I, I it comes up because it's Hollywood, but I don't. It's not a Hollywood podcast, but I think in terms of like what it represents in a larger way, just what you were saying is, you just want to believe that <clears throat> that somebody who's consistently not a good human being should not be rewarded for that behavior I and it's do, not just los angeles that. it's but it's like that no, does but happen. they have to live with themselves and they know yeah. what they do even if they're you know do you think woody allen's having a great day right now I yeah i wouldn't so. trade places with people who, who behave poorly I, i'm not saying even he did it i'm not saying he did it i'm just saying he's done enough stuff that right. is not good things have I been he's, it's been a tricky yeah it's been a tricky world for yeah. that one yeah um that kind of behavior is you know that well never mind i'm not gonna say (laughs) (laughs) yeah but there's some behavior is cute when you're in your 30s and early 40s and not so cute when you're 70 and 80 yeah that's what i'm gonna say yeah i think that's fair generalization Mm -hmm. also um i think that's definitely fair yeah it's (sighs) did you did you take advantage of the sort of reasons why People go to New York. Then when we talk about the sort completely. of museums and no, the, and going to theater, completely, yeah. I really did. And you know the thing that I think that I love about New York, uh, being a teenager in New York, is that you have no excuse to be bored. None. Yeah. There's something going on. So There's true. too much going on. There's things that are free going on. I went to the museum all the time. I went and did my homework at the Met. 
Ah, that's so great. In the like, it, it was so calm and lovely, and uh, I would go there, you know, fairly often to do my homework. And um, I saw shows. I you don't have you don't have to worry about drunken driving at all. You, yeah, if you get drunk, you hop in a cab. Yeah, uh, maybe the cab driver's drunk, but we don't have to know <laughs> about that. Um, There's a better chance of being not on the road with drunks than there is in being in L.A. That's for sure. I think so. I mean, yeah. I I think like a lot of um, problems for teenagers happen because they're bored that's and just if, what i was about to say yeah if you're and bored in new that. york then it's your own damn fault yeah really yeah. honestly i've uh, did you um did you also i mean with all of that stimuli around you um you mentioned that you know aside from performing that your that your teacher had said that you had a, an aptitude also for like visual arts and stuff like that i mean did you feel that you had even in this world of so much stimuli, did you feel you had a rich imagination? Did you feel like you like? Did you disappear into books and movies and stuff I like had that? A you wonderful, said you were romantic. Wonderful. Well, I first of all, um, I had a wonderful art teacher who's uh, I actually love to know if she's still alive and thank her if I could ever find her. Her name is Diane Martin, and she uh, I love to paint, and it was a real respite for me. And she gave me the keys to the art room and said, you can stay here as long as you like. Oh. Just, you know, you have to leave by nine, but you can lock up. And uh, I'd put on, we had a record player and they had like three records, which were the Cars, Candio, Hot Rocks, and, uh, oh no, they had Cat Stevens. And then, oh. what was the other? Oh, Squeeze. Okay. They had Squeeze. The Cars? Squeeze singles. Squeeze and, yes. and, Cat, and Cat Stevens. And they had paint Amazing. on them so they would skip. But yeah, oh, I just put them on great image. and just paint until, you know, seven or eight and then leave. And I cannot tell you what a blessing that was. It probably, that and doing theater at Collegiate, which was the boys' school across town. They had a wonderful theater facility. Um, those were the two things that really saved me. I mean, and and not only saved me, but just like I think about all, all, all the time. What a wonderful thing. So to... good things can come out of that school. And I had sure, some great sure. teachers too. Really great teachers. Yeah. And I know how to write a topic sentence. <laughs> Which is no small I'm thing. Sure I do. Oh yeah, you do. I I'm sure do. you do. Maybe I do. Gosh, my dad, if he listened to this would be as an English teacher would be like, I don't if even you know if don't know how it. to write a topic sentence. <laughs> I could write yeah. a paper on anything. Yeah. I really at this point. I think I, could. I maybe I could too. But yeah, it's because but it's also because like I was more interested in those subjects, I think also and i liked writing such uh, exactly. a great deal even like chore writing i still kind of enjoyed well yeah depending like, on what you're writing depending on what yeah but this all this teacher also taught art history and she gave i will never forget this assignment she gave we had to go to the we had to go to moma and sit in front of this particular Cezanne painting and just sit in front of it for an hour and write what happens to us, right? What we see. And I'm like, I just can't imagine something worse. Like, this is horrible. You're like a teenager, like sitting still for an hour. Like, this is the worst. This is the worst punishment. And I sat there and then all of a sudden things started to pop out at me. And I wrote probably the best paper I've ever written in my life that I kept 
shocked. I'm like, I can't believe I could never write something like That's that. That's what now. I see when I see I stuff I wrote never. in like high school and college. I'm like, uh oh, I must be getting dumber. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely dumber. I mean, I'm because we're not exercising those muscles in the same way. No, but I know a writing, lot about like, yeah. uh, Goosebumps, the show, <laughs> and I know a lot about Super Y and Thomas the Train. I know That's a fair. lot. That's a fair. lot about fair to have those be priorities right um, now. That's so sad. But I mean it, that. The, the fact that uh, uh, she came up with that idea mm. and trusted teenagers to come up with something really interesting to say. And my paper wasn't wasn't like as good as some other people's papers. Mm. It was just such an inspired, wonderful, like adult thing to give a, a teenager to do. And also just that they it was like to just sit there and and have to sit there and and see what happens is something that like I don't think a lot of kids get anymore and I didn't have cell phones we didn't have cell phones yeah. and stuff like that our 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 attention is so fractured now let me ask you this real quick did you guys go as a group or was that like as an assignment that you like my question is could a worse student or a, a slyer person have just lied and pretend that they'd done that yeah. no 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 you we, were accountable we still went, for we doing we went for a visit i think we went for a group visit and then she said your assignment is to come back here uh, one time in the next week and sit there for an hour. Yeah, See, yeah, you I could think, have definitely slacked off. Bullshitted, and I think it's cool that you went. You, were, I think what I'm like. What you I don't like, understand. I had to follow rules. But that's I would what I'm feel saying. so bad. But what if I'm I didn't interested in. This is what I'm interested in. Is I'm interested in the benefit. Like what was so tough about it still unlocked some moments for you, including like if you hadn't been such a good kid, she never would have left you with those keys. So it is this sort of like you did get a reward. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know this person, but. I'm just basing this. I'm making my own Zandy story now in my yeah. head, but um, but you know this idea that you that you did earn the freedom to be able to have those keys and be in that art room by yourself, listening to those records, which to me is one of the nicest images that's come up for me on the podcast. I mean, it's I'm really just nice in that actually love makes with me that very, image. That I think it's so very, beautiful, you know. And I I hope I gave her even like a little bit of the the happiness she gave me oh, it's so beautiful sandy i just love it i just think it's that to me is i what and you she just knew dis- i was going through a rough time too and she, we never talked about it but she just she just knew that would make me feel good it's a beautiful I'm beautiful sorry. story no i'm so really? moved i'm so moved she was a really special teacher and i did have some really special teachers there and i got to remember that and not just feel resentful about that school yeah because uh, it's easy, you know, it's too easy well, to do that. Well, the tough stuff is so powerful. I mean, it just creates, it can create, so we, we can put up so many walls and we can box in the experiences that we have that make us, you know, that make us feel those intense negative emotions. They just have so much power and it's so nice to revisit experiences that have a different kind of power, you know. Where did you go to college? Did you go to a private college? I went to, to school college? for, these guys know a little bit about this, I think, but I went to school for my first couple of years in Northern Arizona in a very small just little oh, so school. Oh, you didn't go really far from home. I didn't go too far from home, but I went as far from home as I could. Right. It, because I got, as a, as, as a, with my graduation, like I got a scholarship, a full ride for four years to any uh, school in Arizona because uh, of my, uh-uh. and my, we had zero money. I mean, I, my parents gave me like $2,000 when mean, I graduated. They were public school yeah. teachers and they, <laughs> they didn't make a ton money. of money. Yeah. It seems so shocking yeah. to me. Yeah. They basically gave me like, I swear it was like $2,000 and we're like, well, 
looked, this is what we were able to, you know what I mean? It just wasn't. Yeah. And so I had that scholarship. So I, pers- I used that scholarship and then, and I did love my time there, but I just eventually, um, outgrew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was ready. I really wanted to live in San Francisco. I had visited when I was 13 and I was, I was oh my God. fixated on it. Of course. And it was such a priority that finally, um, the, literally halfway through, like I had done one semester of my two, two semesters of junior year. Um, I just flipped out and like quit school and moved to San Francisco to establish residency for a year so I could go to a state school and oh, just put myself my through God. school there. Um, what, what did your parents think? I mean, they were actually pretty cool about it. I don't remember why they were, but I think because I was so solid about knowing, I, I think it's because I wasn't like, fuck this, you guys, I right. am going to San Fran. You're I was like, like I really want to do this yeah, for I was me. Like, and also I was getting great grades. So it wasn't like I, they weren't worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, listen, I have a 3.9 GPA, mm. but I'm going to leave school for a year so that I can finish at, you know, in San Francisco. So it sounded like a good enough plan that they were like, Oh, okay. That sounds like a thing. Right. You know? And so I think it they, wasn't like, they I'm sort going of, to join the circus. Yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't <laughs> that. And they also, they just were never, uh, neither one of my parents was ever like up in my business about college ever or about oh, about so career healthy. ever i never felt like they pushed me if anything i felt maybe i got pushed in the direction of staying as staying being a performer because my dad really believed in me but that I don't is know so that, smart I, yeah i gotta remember that when my kids start applying to college to just ease I off mean, i turned out okay like you know oh i, I think you i think if you know yourself you choose the the college that's right for you yeah. that you need and I, we looked at other places and yeah, and I got scholarships to, I got partial scholarships to places in the Pacific Northwest. Cause I always, I also really wanted to live there, but yeah, I was a very pragmatic child and I was like, well, I don't want to own money as a performer. Panic, yeah. you know, because they knew you would. That's the way to be a pragmatist stupid. about performing. You know what I mean? It's like I knew I wanted to be a theater major, but I also knew I didn't think I'd be able to pay back student loans as a theater major. Right. So it was a weird twist of so like, well, I want to do art. I did study theater, but I just paid for you know, like I I went to I had my scholarship for the first two, and then San Francisco State was really not that not expensive, so I just had jobs. Was San it took me a long time. But was San Francisco expensive to live in? Yeah, it was expensive. I mean, I I was going to school like I would take like two classes a semester and basically work full time right right you know right um but uh my dad was so excited that i wanted to go to a state school yeah so excited yeah it was like the least expensive school i applied to he's like great yeah fantastic good sounds good well i i always feel and i always tell my friends who have kids like i mean obviously if you make enough money where you can easily afford a school but it still feels stressful because they're all so expensive yeah i mean that's a different story but to me there is something so liberating in my parents being like well we did the best we could yeah you're on your own yeah i don't feel that i was pushed out of the nest in any way i don't feel that uh, but like my friends who you know i have a friend who has a daughter in college and she wanted to go to medical school and he killed himself trying to save money for her to be able to go to medical school and i really while i think he's an amazing dad and i love and cherish him as a you know as a father figure seeing him do that i at the same time i kept saying like you know you just do do the best you can you don't Oh, your child medical school. Like right, it doesn't right. really ha- it doesn't work that way. Not if you're you're not a lawyer. You're not a you know what I mean? Right, he was a right. co- he was a cook. 
Oh and God. So he was just, and so those well, parents not to mention that, that sacrifice everything in their lives to create that college experience. And, and also for a you child. can take a, you can take a loan out. And then if they're in medical school, they're probably a, earn it back pretty yeah. soon afterwards yeah. too right yeah i mean it's just it's interesting and also i think it makes the child appreciate it more if they have to work a little bit for it you know i don't know it's it's just tricky i'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do it but i i just feel like for people who are parents out there and now i have so many friends who are parents of t- toddlers yeah who are agonizing over where they're going to get the money for a college education i'm like you know what it will it will work oh, out. I so, too many people are in this position. Something's got to give or you hope, you know, I mean, or you they'll be like me and be a smart kid who gets great grades at a very plain school and still makes a living and is okay. Yeah. And I could be making a living. Not, it's not like all I could do is be a performer. Now I'm monologuing. Now I'm talking to no, no, myself. No, no, I want to hear. No, I but totally I, But am. like I could have done, you know, I could be an interior designer right now without a degree in interior design. Like that's right. the, you know, you figure well, I, out if how you, to get if on the work, everybody on the job saw experience. this house, they would know that that's the truth. Well, that's only because I worked. <laughs> but I mean, like I worked as like I this answered phones at a, you know, I answered phones at a design firm and then I was promoted and then I was promoted again. And like that's so there's ways to do it, even if you don't have, you're not blessed with a tuition that's paid for and and also maybe you don't even have to owe well, also, hundreds of thousands of dollars I heard in something loans. so interesting the other day on uh, one of the great joys of being out in LA is the great radio that you have out here so um, uh, I was listening to someone talking about like how we're like you know so stressed out about sending our kids to college so they can get a good education so they can get a good job when we don't even know what the jobs will be like when our kids are older. Absolutely. We can't even conceive of the jobs that are that are going to appear. We have no idea. So we're educating them for stuff that we don't even know about. That's a really good point. Like, really, really, we don't know what the educational structure is going to be like. Yeah. And what's necessary. Yeah. And how many robots are going to replace how many people and how many people are going to replace how many robots. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's such a good point. Um, we listen. This is time has flown by. This is I, awesome. I got to get into our mash game. This is our most mash. musical. What, oh dear! Did you ever play this once again? Gonna. This is the song of why didn't I tell Zandy I was going to do this before the podcast? Because now <laughs> I have scared. to explain really to you what it is. Scared. But it's Mansion Apartment Shack House, uh-huh. and you would do like uh, this is something I played Mansion when I was little. Apartment. That's what Mash stands for. And then what I do is like three categories. I'll do categories all the way across. Okay. This is a game that we used to play when I was younger. Okay. Um, um, which I don't know if you sounds like maybe you never played, no. but basically when in the old days you would be like, I could explain to this offline because these poor listeners have heard me do this before, but yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 it's my, it's all me. Um, but it would be like in the old days, it would just be like, okay, name three numbers of kids that you might have uh, name three cars that well, you I would did, want to drive did that. name three you, so that's so the mash stands who your for husband mansion. is going to be exactly. right okay so that's and the mash stands for mansion apartment shack or house okay so uh whatever else we do that's kind of built in and then like i do like a thing at the end where i'm like tell me when to stop and then i pick whatever number it is in the night process of elimination okay. and then i'm like this is what your future okay so this is our fake future for you now good okay uh Many a married, engaged, and uh, non-single person, almost entirely all of my uh, guests have been in relationships, Um, but the classic traditional does involve, who's your husband going to be? In this case, it could be your fantasy affair that you would never have. It could be just someone you have a crush on that you're going to spend a day with. Completely dangerous. Could also just be 
uh, we'll play the the teenage version, and the it's like what okay. teenage like what three guys when you were a teenager <laughs> would you have wanted? Like, was it Michael J. Fox? Was it Ralph Macchio? Oh, you mean was oh, it, oh, you know okay. what I mean? You mean like, in theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. well, this is so easy, and it would be under all four categories. Yeah, it would be Sting. Oh my God, you loved Sting. I love it. Oh I also my God, Sting. you cannot pick if Sting. You, all. you could like call I have up any high you, school friend yeah. of mine, <laughs> and they would say, "Oh, any." Can I tell you something? I'm going to see him in concert um, on Saturday night. He he's doesn't playing hold with Paul Simon. It, oh, oh, well, that I would be excited. Kind of he cool. doesn't. He's gotten kind of cheesy. In his I old know age. he's very cheesy. It's very disappointing. I don't know what they're gonna do. But Post when I found nose out they were job, playing together, he got cheesy. He got a nose job. Well, I'll tell you why I know because that that painting that I painted oh, no. that my art was of Sting. Okay. So I stared at his face for so many hours. I'm going to find a picture. picture I have, I do have, I do. I will try to find it. No, I didn't bring it with me, but I will. It's God. You've got to find it. I am losing my mind. I'm dying to see it. You can only pick Stan once. You have to pick two other guys. Two other guys? Yeah. And they're, they're like just the people aspirational. No, you know what I mean? Like people would know. Okay. We would know who they are. Like you had a crush on when you were a teenager. So it wouldn't be Michael Marinovich. I mean, I guess I could put <laughs> no, I'm just not kidding. as fun as if like it was Kirk Cameron or like, you okay, know. Okay, let's see. Uh, Sting. God, I love it. Really, it's I like a little... You're painting a portrait of Sting. That's wonderful. You, sh- you, you just have to see this portrait. It oh, has a castle, it. a, a like, a, like a dilapidated castle and the waves crashing against the castle and then a, a partially concealed by a cloud moon. And I, you just don't even cover. know how ridiculous. It could have been one of his album covers that you painted. I put it, they did an art show in the lobby and like people asked me to do their portraits oh based God, on this. I, it's ridiculous. And it's the best thing I've ever this painted. This is the best thing I've ever heard. It's so, so ridiculous. Excited. It's so over the top. Um, okay. So oh, let's see. Sting. God, who did I have a crush on? Oh, in high school, Sting. I'm really, I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Your heart belongs to Sting. Oh, who else? Oh my God, that's so funny. James Spader. James Spader, 80s James Spader. Oh my God. Same, same, same. Boy, we really would have fought over, uh, we would have fought over our fake boyfriends. Did you watch General Hospital? I didn't. Okay. But I know, a guy named, uh, he played, um, oh shoot. I should ask, do you know Lisa LeCicero? Uh-uh. She, she, he played, uh, she's an, a wonderful actress and a lovely woman who lives out here. And she now, she's on General Hospital Amazing. now and she's worked with him. He's Is, back I remember on. like a Luke or like a Yeah, Jake no, it wasn't. Like it a... was, he played Robert Scorpio and his name was Tristan. Amazing. And I don't know, can't remember. It doesn't but I was matter because I'm putting deeply, Robert deeply, Scorpio. Deeply, because deeply, 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 deeply in love with him. Um, deeply. <laughs> I love if you had so asked much. me if, when I was little, I would have said Kojak. That was who I oh, had a huge crush. That's gorgeous. <laughs> but oh, no. Oh um, my God, those are brilliant. Okay, Robert Scorpio, Spader, James Spader. Sting. I, I, that's pretty good. That's Classic. pretty good. I'm going to take it back and say, yeah, you live in LA now, so now you have to get excited about cars. Not true. But, um, but like that was cars. one of the ones in, the, that was one definitely one of the old school categories too. So give me three cars, cars. you would drive. I don't know cars that well. I like my car, but it's not very exciting. What is it? It's a uh, Jetta wagon. Great. Putting really? It in. It's so, I mean, I've actually always wanted a Jetta. I don't know why. There you go. Um, I think Jaguars are gorgeous. Sure. Right. Sure. Like old school Jaguars. There not the go. boxy ones, but no, like the sleek. Yeah, sleek. Yeah. And then what's, oh, I guess an Aston Martin. 
Perfect. Right? Perfect. This I, is get this is super old school. I'm loving it. Yeah. Three places that you have a vacation home. Um, By the way, well, New York City I, at this I have point. to say, I mean, this, it, I have to say the Hamptons because right. not because of the scene, but because it is so really beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's like legitimately beautiful. And there's a reason why people want to go out. Absolutely. There. And then maybe in a vacation home or could a be, home it could just be like a second home. So maybe you could have a second home in New York. I'm giving you that option. Paris, great. It's not really a vacation. I mean, is that? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Because please, it's per- it's basically a place where you would like to be able to spend as much time as you want. I have to do four categories for that. Then, I, I, how about um, you Sicily? You only get three. You only get three, and right now you have not picked New York City, so that's very. Oh, but that's not a vacation home. That's but where like, I want to live. Like oh, where I want to live. This is like well. Oh yeah, no, we'll do where you want to live. We'll do. Yeah, okay, no, so that's this is vacation. So the, home. Yeah, so these are vacation homes. All right, yeah, no, so New no. York City. Well, then I have to move. Okay, so so move Paris to where I'd like to live. Great, got it. And then vacation home. Scratch that off and yep. put Nova Scotia. Oh, good one. Haven't been dying. To. Oh wow, you are in for a treat. I'm dying to go. Everyone knows. That I am one of many young women who obsessed over uh, Anne of Green Gables. Oh yeah, did yes. you also? I did you I know? didn't obsess, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I like Little House on the Prairie. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, um, no, or no, read no, it. no, 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 read it to read it. I never like read show. or seen. Never read. Never the, read. The books are incredible. Maybe I I'm so upset that I have it. two boys because we'll never read Little House on the Prairie. Never say never. No, <laughs> no, really, you know your boys. I I no I, I yeah. they, they're either going to be like little Casanovas or gay. Mm-hmm. Great. That's, but either way, either way, I'm interested. happy. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they treat the girls or boys nicely. You'll make sure that. You'll make sure. Okay. So, okay. So, main home, New York City, Paris. New York City, Paris, and um, definitely not London. Yeah. Um, same. I feel the same. Uh, I haven't been to that many places. Um, I haven't been to, well, Chapel Hill. Oh, Chapel nice. Hill. I've never been, but people do love Chapel Hill. That's where I went to school. Okay, great. Yeah, great. That great, wouldn't great. be a bad place to live at all. Um, okay. Three portraits. Oh boy. That you would paint now. Is this based on what portraits? I was saying? Yeah, I'm just now I'm just now I've now now I veered off into Zandy specific categories por- based on our three podcast portraits. conversation. Oh, I'm going to sound so pretentious saying I this. Love it. I'm excited. I'm re- check off. Great. Three portraits. It has to be someone famous. Hmm. You know what? That's hard for me. I, I mean, I like when I ride the subway. There's some great faces. Okay, I'm going to put subway face a second one. I mean, really great, like faces. a great character face. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh, I don't want to waste time. That's a really okay. Uh, Could even maybe be like Gloria Steinem. She's got a great. fantastic, intelligent face. I agree. Great answers. Oh my God, I can't believe how fast you came up with those answers. I got to say, great impact. Subway? Skills. That's not really. Subway face? No, but it's so true. I know. It's so true. I, I was thinking that. There was some uh, there was some other place I was recently that I was like, God, I'm seeing just like the most wonderful just faces that have seen everything. And oh yeah, I know, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, okay. And Three. they're unaware of being seen. 
and unaware of because being they're seen. in their own world. So yes. they're like you know they're not posed. They're not aware I of completely, themselves. Completely, completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Um, okay, three movies that this I always like this one mm-hmm. that you can go into and live in for as little or as long as you like. Explain just like that. you can just like uh, total imaginary so yeah total imaginary just like you can pop into mary poppins or you can pop into probably not metropolitan that what's Stolman movie because that's what you already experienced mm. um or like you know star wars or that i would like to yeah just not that, that, that i love not movies that i l- well it could be like for example there might be a movie that you love that's like still so dark you would never want to necessarily pop in but like are there characters and a place okay, well, that would be fun to pop i into? love babette's feast oh wonderful um that's god i haven't seen that since i was too you know young that he just to died understand it. the guy who who made that oh film. i don't know if i did know that he just he just died. That's one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. I need to revisit that guy. That's going to make heads you cry. up. Oof. That's no, but in a great way. Yeah. Like one of those like cathartic, uh, so cathartic and like makes you feel better about humanity cries. Oh, that's nice. so good. Cause I just lost my shit over life of pie and I don't know if I can go back to that. No, no, it's not like soon. life of pie. Okay. No, 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 no. This is great. I was like unwell. No, this is like, I'm so happy to be alive. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that cry. Okay, um, good. Singing in the Rain. Great. And what's something that I'd like? Uh, I, um, you know, any Wes Anderson film would not be bad to pop in. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That, those are so beautiful. Do you want to pick one? Well, the last one I saw was Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. But I'm so excited for the new one. The I know, me Grand too. Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to see Ray Fiennes do something funny because I think he is really I funny. I agree with you. I, I think, think it's such he's an so exciting funny choice. and he, yeah. get, he has to play so d- dark, but there's always such a sense of humor in his performances. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for example, playing a Nazi, you just can't get more like depressing than that and he could find like something funny Some about it. In it i know it's amazing I, i'm so excited for that <sighs> movie but yeah any wes anderson yeah, film is is fine with me um okay these are great those are great uh how about you have a shop in new york city you don't have to do any of the like hard stressful work it's not like it's really hard to keep the shopkeeper <laughs> yeah. but you are you have the luxury of just having this wonderful shop that is providing some sort of service or goods to the city of New York. Um, tell me three, uh, if you like, you can sort of place them in a certain area. If you have an idea of like, Oh, I would want a shoe shop in Olita versus a cafe in the Upper West Side or whatever. Right. If you have an image of like that, you want to place that where an area where you would want to place them too. Well, they'd all probably be in the West village. Cause you know, that's my, that's my, my love great it. love. Um, but, uh, I actually had an idea for like a a place that was a half a cafe, and then the other half was a play space for kids. Oh, with great. people to look after the kids, and in between would be a plexiglass wall, so the parents could sit and have read the paper and have a coffee and talk to other people and see their kids being taken care of in the other room and just have a place where they you pay by the hour or half hour or something. So yeah. they could just have, I remember when I had my kids and they were really little and I just really needed like adult company and I needed some peace and quiet. 
And it was... I don't know why this isn't a thing on every block, honestly, because I feel like it's you expensive and you have to get a license for okay, a coffee. But I, like it's coffee doable. It's care, doable. Yeah. But I think I passed a place in Paris that had this, by the way. I, I, th- I think it makes total sense. It's great. It's such a... When you have little kids, oh my God, it's such a yeah. blessing to be able to talk to other adults for a second and just have some peace and quiet. I, I love it. So that would be brilliant. one idea. Another idea... Mm. Well, there's a, there's a store uh, in the West Village that this lovely woman runs, and it's called Tyke. And I think I'd like to have a store like that where it's like she has a child, so there's some kid things, and then there's definitely adult things, beautiful jewelry. Be- I don't get the, those there. I was thinking maybe I did, but I didn't. Um, beautiful jewelry, some clothing, like... You know, this is all very like silly stuff, but no, um, but it's a it's, uh, a nice it's all chosen by her. It's yeah. like just a few artists it has its own voice inside, and it's her voice, and I everything's like beautiful, and everything's like packaged beautifully, and everything's good quality, and it's nice soft materials, and I'm like very, very perhaps too aesthetically. Uh, inclined like I'm definitely a sucker for packaging and mm, stuff like that I'm so, I, I get into the artistry of it in such a huge way yeah but it's you know you can you can overdo it yeah but but there is something like uh there is something to a store where everything is chosen with love yeah not for by expense but by love and yeah. you can tell and every time I go in there I see something that I just feel like I can't live without, which of course I can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of <laughs> course I can. Oh, and, of, and, and, a, and, a, and there's also in my, my old neighborhood, a beautiful secondhand bookstore. Oh, that's great. And there's, uh, you know, a guy in there who runs it and he always has people visiting him, like sitting, having coffee with him. And he knows every single book inside and out and people can come in and chat with him all day. And it's just one of those places where you're like, this is really special. And I'd love to pretend that I'm super literary and know every book that's ever read and that anyone could come in and chat with me and buy a beautiful book. Agreed. Great, great answer. Okay, and then final question is uh, three skills that you wake up tomorrow and you have an aptitude for them as if you've always been able to do it. Like you're like wonderful at it. Singing and dancing. Great. Um, uh, Carpentry. Mm, I love it. And... Uh, being able to speak a fluent language perfectly. Which one? Well, it would be, I, I, I've almost gotten fluent in French. It would be so nice to be fluent in French, although that's really not the most useful language. I feel the same. But it would just be I nice to like finally like just break that iceberg open yeah, <laughs> it really I would be nice agree, but i mean same. you know spanish would be more yeah but this is a vm of fantasy oh okay so you don't have to okay be french yeah it's so um, pretty okay tell me when to i like stop. french people too me too love them um what tell oh, me tell when, me to, when stop. to stop now one two three four five six seven eight nine ten. Ooh, we got okay so here's what happens take a break tally up get back with results end of podcast okay all right. Feel free to do anything you want to with this time, but I'm pausing it now. Ready to reveal your future. Okay. Um, your fake future, all due respect to David <laughs> Wing, because I'm about to tell you who your fake husband is. Uh, okay. 
First of all, I want to rip off the Band-Aid and tell you that you uh, did not end up with Sting. Ugh. I don't. I think that's probably a good thing, all in all. He might be kind of creeped out by the portrait, to be honest with you, or saddened that I, it's his old nose. I think he wouldn't want to see his old nose. I think you're right. That's probably why that didn't work and out. And he'd probably like cheat on me and stuff like that. I mean, we don't. We don't. The we tantric don't sex that. would be nice, though. That would be nice. I guess it would. I sometimes I worry about like whether or not a woman can listen. I don't know. That's uh, a whole other conversation. Uh, I want you to uh, also women be can very get blue proud. Balls. They definitely can. They totally oh, can. Please, we've oh, all yeah. been there. Yeah, right, guys. <laughs> I have. Um, uh, you did paint an amazing portrait of Chekhov, which I think is quite oh, wonderful. Good. Um, you probably did that at either your house in. Uh, I'm thinking maybe you did that in your spare Wait, time. Wait, if I didn't, if I didn't house. marry Sting, then who did I marry? Well, I'll come back. Oh, to you're that. coming. Back. I just okay. To oh, sorry. All oh, right. Um, no, I didn't know what I was doing. Listen, there's no rhyme or reason to this. Okay. But you do have uh, two charming houses. Your oh. vacation home, I feel, is where you painted the portrait of Chekhov, and that is in Nova Scotia. Okay. And uh, that's probably also where you do some of your carpentry. (laughs) Because I'm not sure how much of it you're doing at your home, in your house, in the West Village in New York City. Which is just walking distance from your little cafe where they have the little oh, area for kids to play. Oh, my God. This is sounding pretty good, This isn't sounds it? perfect. Yeah. yeah. You drive a jet wagon. Uh-huh. Um, which I do. Which is like, that's why I'm starting to feel like I'm getting creeped out by how yeah. real this seems. Uh, but you know what? If you ever want to just escape into fantasy, you can drop right into Moonrise Kingdom, which also feels very appropriate. It feels like East Coast, sweet, Hamptonsy kind of. It's almost like you got all of that yeah. on top. And um, you're sharing all of this. Oh, with due respect to David. You are sharing this with James Spader. Oh, Young James Spader. Yeah, I Young still like James him now. Spader. I know. He's still no, he's I'm very fine sexy with him now. He's yeah. smart. He's great. I know, I know. He's fantastic. I think you really got a good one. I got to say of all of these three, it's definitely the favorite for me. Wow. I'm, very I'm happy really, really happy You've with the way my life is going to turn out. Life. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> terrific. Um, so much fun. Thank you so much oh, for doing Janet, the podcast, thank Andy. you. I feel so, I, I feel so embarrassed that I got uh, choked up. You wouldn't be the first. It was a and good lady I, to get choked please, up. Please, I got choked up and it wasn't my story. So who should be embarrassed <laughs> if anyone me? Um, but thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited that thank you're you in, you're in LA. And as we were talking about it, I was thinking about trying, I'm thinking about places that like, I would want to maybe take you that will make you soften to it. Cause I there's, know there's stuff so I have much... to do for myself when I feel like I hate this place. I have my places where I'm like, you know what? If I just come, I'll feel a little better. Yeah. 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 I, I know there's places out there like that here. And don't worry, you always have your fake mash life. <laughs> and I have James Spader to look forward to. <laughs> He's going to cheer you right up. Oh, my God. I know oh, he will. Oh, I just know it. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, well, we will talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.